Hi there. I'm Anne-Marie McQueen, editor of livehealthy.ae, and this is the livehealthy.ae podcast. Each week, we will interview leaders in the UAE's health and wellness community, and we'll explore topics you read about in our online magazine, the only one of its kind for men and women. And now it's time to meet this week's guest. So today on the livehealthy.ae podcast, we have Roy Koyas. Roy is a Lebanese-Canadian entrepreneur born in Saudi. Uh, he's lived all over the world. And he spent a lot of his career working in um, the corporate world uh, for Johnson & Johnson Vision Care and Diabetes Care, covering the Middle East um, region. And then in 2017, he took the plunge to be an entrepreneur and set up Freakin' Healthy. And if you're like me, you're seeing Freakin' Healthy snacks all over the UAE now. If you're like me and you're interested in snacks, <laughs> you notice this. <laughs> um, so welcome, Roy. Thank you. Thank you so that. much. Now you Pleasure. Set up, oh, you set up Freakin' Healthy, uh, A, because you were frustrated by a lack of healthy snacks, and B, you were frustrated by a lack of transparency in the snacks that were available. So first of all, yep. tell me, you know, you were working sort of in the field of, you know, you're in corporate, but you're talking about health. How do you how do you go from there to like starting the company? Yeah, I mean that was that was a um, a quite a I guess a shell shock move for me. I think from two fronts. One, um, when you're in corporate, you kind of have um, a lot of support from function perspective. So you have everyone around you from finance to accounting to uh, a sales team logistics, you name it, and even like legal and the support functions. But more so, you also have a brand that exists. You have a brand that has equity, right? So you're, you're not really building from scratch. You're kind of, you know, optimizing the brand, getting more distribution, launching new product lines, etc. So that was a big change. Now, moving, moving straight into launching my own brand, I had honestly such a tough time at the beginning, such a tough time. I couldn't figure out where to start. You know, do I do I rent my own space and start production? Do I outsource? Um, do I launch uh, twenty SKUs? Do I launch one? What's a flavor profile? It was just mad. How do I, you know, get ingredients? So, so it was a bit of both, right? First year, like you, you have to do everything yourself mm-hmm. at the beginning, and secondly, you really have to figure out things quick. Um, and and the other piece is when you're in corporate, you tend to you tend to do things quite carefully. Uh, I think you take your time, if, if that's the right way to phrase it. You have a lot of checks and balances. Um, you also tend to get a lot of approvals from that hierarchy perspective. And you can't afford that in the entrepreneurial world. You have to move fast. Now, if you don't move fast, you're going to lose. You have to make all the decisions. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So you have to make the decisions and you have to live by the consequences of those decisions. You know what I mean? And the impact is quite large. You know, the, the wins are huge and the losses are massive. So, you know, I had to adjust to that. So had you made, like, I'm just curious, why healthy snacks? Had you made your own healthy snacks? Like, where where did the actual, like, going yeah. from not having any to launching it? Um, so I think for me, it was really, um, I was really looking at health and wellness. Um, so there's a lot of work to be done in that space. 
from health and wellness perspective, I think, you know, nutrition's one piece, but also mental health is another, physical health is another. Um, but, I, but I felt my, I guess my passion was food and, and snacks. And I said, let's start with that. You know, eventually the brand will take on different forms, but that was the easiest kind of segue for me into that like health and wellness space. And what did you, so I am a snack aficionado, aficionado I call myself, no, um, I'm really into <laughs> snacks and healthy snacks. I've been making energy yeah. balls on my own for like 13 years. And so well, I've always watched this space because I made these energy balls and I would bring them into the workplace where I was at and people would say, why don't you sell these? And I'd say, it's too hard. <laughs> like, how am I going to become... But your yeah. there are so many healthy snacks that aren't good, and I don't think they're that healthy. Yours right. are actually really delicious, which is why I'm Thank talking you. to you because they taste really good. But they are also healthy. So, you know, when you say transparency, did you notice that others? What you know? What do you mean by that? Yeah. Um, so I think the industry is moving, you know, quite nicely along. So if you look at maybe five years ago or maybe 10 years ago, um, a healthy snack for everyone was something granola based maybe. And people really didn't look at ingredients. They're just like, you know what, this is better than let's say the confectionery like I'm used to eating. It's a granola based snack. But then as you kind of get educated and as you're more aware, you tend to read labels more and you kind of figure out, you know what, there's a different name for that sugar or there's a different name for that preservative and then there's an e number here and there's this and these things i don't understand so so i think from that aspect um that was a big wake-up call because i always was a healthy eater um always um but again i didn't know why i was facing some of the i guess um, um cognitive um function um lapses like i'd had some brain fog after like uh, some certain snacks you know I'd feel low in energy. So I'm like, you know what? What am I doing? I'm, I'm eating pretty healthy here. You know, I'm just snacking on like the healthiest granola or I'm eating predominantly like fruits and veg. So what's going on? So for me, that was a big wake up call. And I think when it comes to clean, it's what ingredients you use and also what kind of disclosure you make on your packaging, right? Like don't hide it. If you're using, let's say coconut sugar, just say coconut sugar. Don't say, you know, sweetener. Or if you're using an E number, you should place it on the pack. Can you and explain find, e number? Can you explain e number to us? Yeah, so e numbers are um, are, I guess, um, anything that's used from, let's say, lab perspective or something that's produced outside, like the natural world, that's put on a pack and that's labeled. I think there are regulations like FDA has them, and it's a global um, regulation book that you can check out any additive that's required now to be also accompanied by an e number. Um, and I think, um, I think a lot of people don't realize that because usually those e-numbers are attacked at the end of that little ingredient panel because they don't use much of it, mm -hmm. but still it shouldn't be there. I mean, um, we try to stay as whole as possible, you know, as whole as possible, whole food as possible. So that's, that's a chemical it's been added to your food and it could probably yeah. it contribute to brain fog. It could contribute to it inflammation, not yeah, inflammation. So yeah, and, and I mean these these things are put in there for a reason, right? They're not just for fun. They're put into to extend shelf life or um, to emulsify or to enhance texture. So they're there for a reason. But you know, I don't think we really need that. I think we can find ways around that. So so what are the ways? Because you because tell me, yeah. free healthy, you're trying not to have any of these things. Yeah, we don't. So we don't we don't have any. So no e numbers. 
Yeah, none whatsoever. And uh, no emulsifiers. So I think this is where if you, you're willing to really invest in that R&D space and really find a solution, you'll find it. Um, we spend a lot of time on R&D, to be honest. And we could launch much quicker, but I think for, for us, uh, we do this um, red face test and, and I talk about it often. So if, if we do launch something and it's out in the paper the next day, are we embarrassed about it? And if we're embarrassed about it, you know what, we just don't launch it. Um, so once we're really confident, then we kind of say, you know what, this is the best we can do and we, we take that decision. So um, we find natural, let's say, binders or binding agents. For example, we use dates a lot in our snacks because they bind. And also the natural sweeteners in dates are also um, responsible for extended shelf life. Um, if we want to use um, a natural sweetener like coconut sugar, we tend to go for like a first blossom coconut nectar, which is organic as well. You know, I understand that um, I can give you a healthy snack, but if it's not tasty or somewhat indulgent, you're not going to have it. So we want to kind of say, okay, move away from that preservative laden um, sector and move into a healthier for you snack. So there are ways to do it for sure. Yeah. Okay. So binders and emulsifiers are two things that people should be looking for, right? When they, when they're... Yeah, anything, you know, honestly, Henry, anything you don't understand, just question it. And, and even, and it doesn't mean it's bad for you, but just question it, research it, and then find out the, I would say the science behind it. A lot of times we read articles that are probably put out there by someone that had vested interest in those, in that research, but like really go for a third party, um, you know, non-biased scientific studies and find out um and you know sometimes you get to a dead end because science is not there yet they don't know results but at least you make an informed decision that's it yeah. right and you know yeah now yeah. the thing is yours tastes good i can't tell you how many times i've lived there for 13 years and a new snack would come on i'd be like amazing and i try it and i'd be like look like how did they <laughs> how did they taste this and then say yeah this is good we're gonna sell this i just can't imagine yeah. it. there's so many and yeah. <laughs> like, i'm trying to imagine the conversation i always say that to my friends like yeah we're good yeah. We, this is as good as anyway yeah, um, yeah. Or are good i've had the hazelnut bites i think um oh, yeah, really yeah. good yeah. So why are you able to make them <laughs> delicious and healthy? How are you able to achieve that? Um, so we, we spend a lot of time in not just R&D, but tastings. So we do a lot of tastings as well. Yeah. Now, to be honest with you, we've had some really bad <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> projects and we didn't launch them. You know, um, I'm more tolerant to, let's say, bland snacks because I'm like, you know what, it's healthier. I'll deal with it. But then... You know, like this scratch your own itch thing goes, uh, you know, to a certain length. Then you have to be like, let's let me look at what the market wants. Um, so we didn't we did have a few items that were a bit more niched. You know what I mean? The, I think the first range was a bit more niche. Um, but now you have to look at where, where's that balance, indulgence and healthy. I think that fine line is important. And you must have to do some education as well, because you, you can't go from eating like a Kit Kat to eating a freaking healthy bite. No. It's I mean, not gonna, you, could, you know. You could. You could. Good. I think their education is important. Uh, absolutely. One is education, and the other one is try to, you know, what we want to really do is hit that taste profile. We really want to make sure it's tasty, because otherwise you'll never consider jumping in. And again, so Anne Marie, I would look at the market in, in three, I guess, uh, categories. You know, I would say five uh, percent of the market are like uber healthy. They're like super healthy. They're health conscious. They exercise. They eat well. Um, those are the guys. Five. <laughs> I probably yeah, probably five. Wow. Um, 
I mean, look look at the region. We have what thirty three plus percent obesity. Um, probably the highest diabetes rate globally in this region. Twenty five percent diabetics and another twenty five undiagnosed at fifty percent. Imagine that health impact on also economic impact. Um, so I would say um, that five percent. They know what to choose. They know what to eat. Um, they'll find you, and those are probably like your, you know, your class one consumer. Then, if you go to the other extreme of this uh, sliding scale, you have probably around forty-five, fifty percent that are not healthy, and and unfortunately don't want to be. They don't listen to their doctors. They 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 know it's not good for them, but they still they're like, you know what? I live once. I might as well enjoy. And like we have family and friends like that, and I mean. We interact daily with them, and they just want to have eat whatever they want. Then there's a middle segment that's probably also around forty percent, forty five percent. Those are I call them the intenders, so they intend to be healthy. The intenders. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you intend to be healthy. Now, why aren't you making that move? It could be a number of factors. It could be you are not, um, uh, you don't know enough. That you need some education to push you over. You haven't found something that tastes good to pull you into that segment, or you just can't find it or can't afford it. So that segment is what we target. We really want to go after those people because I think they're easier to pull over to the healthier um, segment, and, but also um, they're ready. They, 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 they're hungry for something. They want to make that change. They might go to gym once or twice a week, so they're ready in that journey. So how do we help them along? That's, that's what I look at. So moving from a confectionery bar to a freaking healthy bar, probably easier for that middle segment, the intenders. Yeah. That takes a long time to change. You know, we think, I think a lot of people give up because they think it happens overnight for people for that 5%. They think that they just oh. did it overnight. Change, change. It's more progress. It's just change takes so long. It does. Yeah. It takes, it takes a long time because I think people want just instantaneous results. You know, what? Oh, I'm, I moved to this diet. And like, I, I saw some gains or losses in the first month and then like they expect everything to be like that. So, but that takes, it takes a while. It's like your building blocks, you know, you have to nourish your body and you will see results in the future. And I think a lot of chronic diseases don't creep up like in a year, right? It's like, it takes decades, but mm-hmm. then it's too late. Yeah. That's the unfortunate thing. What's it like in the UAE to launch a company like this? It, it, did they make it? easy for you? Is it harder than it would be in other places? And this specific kind of a healthy company? Um, so I think, I think it's, it wasn't as bad as, you know, people might say. So it was pretty easy. But I think what the difference here is that there's a lot of um, the financial investments that have to go into opening up a company. You know what I mean? There's, there's, again, this, you asked me this question at the beginning, the corporate to entrepreneurship. In corporate, you have your um, healthcare covered, right? You have your um, kids' schooling covered. You have your housing. You have tickets home, your expenses, and you have a regular salary. I think the struggle here is not is it easy to set up, but how do you sustain um, a standard of living? How do you sustain that? Because you have to pay everything now, mm-hmm. from insurance to setting up a company to you name it. Um, uh, so that, I think, I felt more than the burden of setting up a company because you could do that quite easily here. You know, like 25K, 30K, that's it. You're done free zone. You're up and running. But I think those peripheral expenses <laughs> is how it really hurts. Oh, I need a printer. Oh, I don't just... Oh, my God. Just my printer things. doesn't work. Yeah, yeah, yeah 100%. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can't, there's no one to call to fix the printer. Um, 100%. 
How about, how about then the pro? So when you, you testing everything, what did you decide to launch with? Like a, it was a very limited line. Can you just tell me about that? Yeah, sure. At the beginning. So at the beginning we launched, um, four nutrition bars. So those were uh, four flavors. Um, and they were really superfood bars. So we used superfood ingredients like matcha, um, chia seeds, we use goji berries, etc. And again, this is, this is back to that question where you asked, you know, um, how do you find that taste profile? So at the beginning, I think the super healthy loved it, that 5%. Like, this is the best snack. It's delicious. It's healthy. But even that 45% was like, you know, once in a while maybe, but that's not my go-to, right? So we had to look at say, okay, you know, let's look at what the market also needs and let's make sure we, we track the market, not just be ahead of it like five years because then you're going to it's not economically viable. So, so we had to kind of make some changes to our offering and we did a bit more, um, I guess, uh, trendy flavors, you know, with uh, more of the chocolatey flavors and peanut butters and nut butters, et cetera. And we went into that. But the first four, I love them. I mean, those are my, my go-tos, you know. They're, uh, they're healthy. They're delicious. I love superfoods. So, and we still have a big market for them, by the way. I think more and more people are going to get into healthier options. Okay. For sure. When did you know that, okay, I think this is going to fly? Um, I don't, still don't. I think, honestly, I think um, every day is just like a brand new day. And I think that's how we have to approach it. Like every day is just like the first day. Because if you kind of just relax and you're like, okay, I made it. And you might drop something from quality perspective or, or, or just like the hunger. So for us, it's like every day is the first day. How are we going to actually surpass what we've done yesterday? How are we going to improve it? But I mean, not to be cheeky, I think um, I think a, f- a couple of maybe three, four months ago, not because of what's happened um, with the brand and distribution, but what we've done from R&D and the pipeline of stuff coming out, I think I was like, this is going to be great. Okay. This is going to be exciting. So 2021 is going to be exciting for us. So, you know, I felt more comfortable. And I think Looking at that tough period we went through during COVID, um, that was a kind of a scary moment, but we kind of doubled down and we really focused on trimming our operation and really focusing what we want to do. So it kind of helped us. So that, after making it through those three tough months, we're like, okay, I think we've got some legs here. Okay. And what yeah. do you have in the range now? Oh, wow. so now we've got, um, we've got superfood bars. So those are nutrition bars. We've got protein balls. We've got those snack bites, the ones you mentioned, the hazelnut squares. Uh, we've got kids jellies. Um, we have got uh, a range of snacking essentials, granola based as well. We've got nut butter spreads like peanut butter, um, cashew almond, etc. Um, we're launching, um, a couple of new things very soon as well, um, in the, um, beverage sector as well. Uh, yeah. And, uh, we've also got, I'm missing something I know. Uh, um, so we also got some crackers, savory crackers, um, as well. And where are you in, where are you selling and are you selling online and how much of each? Yeah. Um, so we are. We are online. We're also in modern trade. We're in uh, Spinney's, Carrefour, Waitrose. Those are the major ones. Again, you need to look at where's your customer base currently, right? Um, online, we're on Kipsons. Um, we're also on, obviously, our website, freakinghealthy.com. And we're on a lot of um, those aggregators, like the Talabots, uh, Deliveroo's oh. as well. Yeah, um, we're there. And obviously, in 
little uh, coffee shops and gyms, I think those are the ones that are really passionate about, uh, you know, yeah. the healthy snacking. So yeah, pretty much everywhere at the moment. What are you, like, what's your lifestyle like? What, what do you, are you in the 5% of really healthy? Um, I, w- I would say I am, but I mean, I try to kind of keep one foot in the middle sector as well, in the middle segment, and I think it's important. But also, I mean, if I kind of step up, I have family and friends that are there, so I kind of see what they do. But I'm, I'm pretty much close to that 5%. Um, but again, it's not only about food and nutrition, so it's about the other pieces of, of health and wellness. So I, I got into a few things. I think that was one of the big moments for me is like to move from like highly stressed environment um, and kind of, um, you know, like highly inflamed body to kind of a little bit of, uh, you know, introduced meditation into my lifestyle three years ago. Okay. Um, I started looking at um, inflammatory foods, what to eat, and also like what my body's reacting to. Because in the past, like, yeah, I didn't pay attention to that. So, so I think I consider myself relatively healthy. When you say inflammatory, what do you mean? You were working in a corporation, you were working hard, and you were, yeah, what do so, you, you say inflammatory? Just to- so, I th- so I think from many aspects, I think one is, um, I think the environment was good. There was nothing wrong with the environment. I think it was just also the food I was eating, you know, okay. um, probably highly refined, um, highly processed, and I didn't realize it. So that caused some inflammation. And it was, I didn't also have a, a way to deal with stress. So I think that caused a lot of um, inflammation, a lot of cortisol release, et cetera. Um, I mean, that happens everywhere, like corporate, not corporate, entrepreneurship, whatever it happens. But I think you need to find a way to deal with it, right? Because those little pieces of stress add up, you know what I mean? Like that little ring on your phone alarm every like five seconds or every two minutes, that's like cortisol hit for sure. So how did you know that you were like inflamed? How, How did that... What did that feel like for you and how did you find that out? Um, so like there's um, very lethargic, tired, um, bloating. So I, it wasn't it wasn't really like a test that I did. It was more, okay, to cut out stuff from my diet. And I cut out some big things that I used to love. I mean, like one what? is dairy. I love dairy. I love milk. I love cheese. Um, probably like every day I had dairy. And then that was the first thing I cut out after some research. I mean, it was just bad for my body. Like my body doesn't handle it well. So that's gone uh, three years ago. And I felt immediately after maybe a couple of weeks, a difference. Um, I cut out other things like um, I would say um, beef and chicken. Mm. Okay, I cut that out as well. I mean, that was more of a test to see what happens. I mean, there's nothing wrong with uh, grass-fed beef and organic chicken for sure. But for me, that was a decision I wanted to make for, for my lifestyle. And then that helped. And obviously, everything else confectionery was cut out from the beginning. Yeah. Do you and ever I know what eat it now? Sorry, sorry. Do you ever eat it now? Do you ever eat a donut or a... Yeah, I have kids. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, they're the worst. They're always with... <laughs> it's like, I'm doing so well. And I see that donut. It's like, Daddy, you want one? Uh, yeah. All right. Let's, let's, let's take a bite. But no, for sure. <laughs> I, think, I think it's about balance, right? It's about balance, and people say, but but I mean, it's if if you're unhappy with something, you, it's not going to last. It will not last. Whether it's your exercise routine or your diet or your relationship or whatever, it has to be enjoyable, and you have to have those days where you compromise a bit, and then it's just a long term journey. You can't, you know. And just about meditation, like, how yeah. did you decide how to do it, 
and how did you incorporate it? You know, um, I took yeah. I mean, good question. I I took a course here in Dubai. I actually went and took a, a TM course, Transcendental Meditation course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I read a lot about which one's best, and I was like, you know what? I just want something that's quick. You know, I didn't want to sit there for like hours, and I'm like, I don't want to get. Into, so what's the quickest thing? It was more like convenience and practical. Um, but then when I read research and I saw science, I saw some very, I mean, obvious benefits from uh, from meditation. Yeah. Um, and I researched here. I found someone, and I took a course in 2017, and. To be honest, like I try to do it every day for 20 minutes. Some days I miss it, but um, if I do do it, I, I can tell you my day is very different. It's just I see it through a different lens. It's just amazing. TM does a lot of research too on meditation, right? Yeah. Because you actually have to pay to uh, to learn how to do it, but they use that money. 100%. Do you do 100%. it twice a day? I, I took the course too like 10 years ago and I do it once oh, wow. a day. I've never added the second. They want you to do it twice, right? Like they want you to do, do it, it twice. Three. Yeah. Yeah, so I started with twice. <laughs> okay. But then I can't. There's no time. When do you do it? You know. Every time I talk to them, they say, "Are you meditating twice a day?" I'm like, mm, you know, <laughs> <laughs> once maybe. You just if you're lucky, you know, inshallah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When when do you do it in the morning? Do you is that the first thing you do in the morning, or do you? Yeah, it is, and it's. I'm with you. Uh, if I don't, if something throws me askew, it, the day goes sideways in a lot of ways. Sure. But, um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you notice that, and do you talk to your kids about it? Like, do you? What do they think about it? Um, so we don't. I don't really. I mean, actually, my daughter's eight now, so she sees me sometimes. It's like she'd ask at the beginning what I'm doing, and I explain to her like I'm meditating. But funny enough, in school, they do a lot of. They're introducing to that kind of part of life. They do a lot of breathing exercises. Um, they don't do meditation per se. I think they're still too young, but it's really about uh, mindfulness. I think the kids these days are amazing. Honestly, like if if you asked me when I was eight, mindfulness, I had no idea. Zero. I now at eight, yeah. <laughs> right? yeah, I yeah. swear. And now, now at eight years old, that's part of their vocabulary. So, um, yeah. uh, my my son's quite young still. I mean, I don't think he gets it. He thinks I'm sleeping. <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, just for them to see it, and then they see the lifestyle. I think it's kind of it's gonna grow. It's gonna be part of uh, like it's gonna be innate for them. I hope. Okay. And back to your back to freaking healthy. Um, yeah. What do you want people to see think when they see it on the shelf? What what do you hope? Oh, uh, I love that question. Um, so the you know the reason why I love that question is because that's what I always ask myself. What do I want people to kind of see or think when they see it? Um, and it's it's something I, I really want them to kind of trust that we've done everything before it hits the shelf. So whatever is in there. Um, we've done the diligence, you know, we've looked at the, um, the nutritional panels, we've looked at ingredients, we've looked at taste, we've looked at, uh, texture. So when it's on the shelf, you know, we've done our stamp of approval, you know, and I think we're, we're pretty critical internally. So it's obviously we have our board, we have our food science, we have our quality, we have our partners. So everyone, they don't hold back on anything. It's like, if they don't like it. Something's off. Like, this is not going to work. Something's wrong with this. And I think that's important. Um, we're not just out there to just put out products. You know, we really, so when consumers see it on the shelf, I want them to have that trust, you know, and, and that's why I tell you, it's like a, every day is like the first day, right? So, yeah. Thank you, Roy. Well, I'm, I'll be looking for it. And I think trust because I already do trust it. I also trust Thank the you. 
Thank you so much. Thank you so much for talking to us. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much. And uh, look forward to maybe after COVID meeting you face to face for coffee. That's it for this week. If you liked the podcast, make sure to subscribe, rate and review. We'll see you next time on the livehealthy.ae podcast.